0: This meal is on my plate. I can't wait to taste, taste your girl. Good loving going down all around this place. Like upstairs, like downstairs, like everywhere. Secret lover, mystery girl. Baby, let's creep between the sheets I wanna play hide-and-seek tonight <laughs> Welcome back to our third episode of Cake and Kombucha That was a little Isley Brothers and Avant Do not forget, Avant was there too Secret lover, just taking you back, all the way back for the quiet storm I'm your host, Kalechi Azier Cake and Kombucha is a place where we convene to talk about News, politics, reality television, bad social media memes. It's fun, it's informative, slightly. Nothing here is fake news, but there's a lot of opinion, so if you want to follow it up with some NPR, some good investigative journalism afterwards, I fully support that, because that's what I do also sometimes. So the big story this week involves a secret lover, and it centers around Dwight Howard. Okay, so... I'm going to tell you now that this first news story about Dwight Howard is a little bit confusing. Even for me, I had to bullet point section by section things so I could follow them, but the chronology of things is really questionable. So basically, if you don't know who Dwight Howard is, welcome, I didn't know either, I had to ask my producer. He's an NBA player, he's tool. He's he's been out for like five games injured right now, um, but I don't know what team he's on, don't ask me, it doesn't matter. In any case, the thing that's happening right now is there's an internet celebrity, celebritante named Mason Elige, who is this really attractive gay man with long flowing hair that he sometimes adds weaves to, he said. And he has been having some sort of a secret relationship with Dwight Howard. He said, we made eye contact at and Out, and a week later he was in my DMs. <sighs> Why DMs? Why can't you just text like, And anyway, so they had some sort of relationship where they talked every night and they sent each other nudes and things like that. Um, Mason goes back and forth about whether they were... He says, we we had an understanding. We knew what it was. He never says the word dating, which I find interesting, but they had some sort of relationship that was romantic. Let's just say that. So then, according to Mason he found out that Dwight was cheating on him, which I'm very skeptical you can cheat on someone that you're not really in a relationship with that you just talk to on the internet and send pictures to. But he said Dwight, he found out Dwight was going to transgender sex parties as he termed it. And he also put a picture of a woman online who he says, I thought good sis was just a prostitute, but she's hosting transgendered sex parties. This whole thing is really uncomfortable and I I don't, there should not be transgender people can go to whatever parties they want to just like anyone else who's freaky like it should not be that the focus of why this party is like illicit is because there's transgender people there they're people so I'm really uncomfortable with the way that I was going anyway but basically Mason said you're cheating on me blah 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 Called him out, they had some big fight, and then now Mason's life is allegedly being threatened by Dwight's Howard people, mainly his pastor, Calvin Simmons. So there's a tape of someone who's allegedly the pastor calling Mason, threatening him, calling him all kinds of slurs, and this is the part that is like grabbed the internet's attention is that Mason seems to have all these receipts. He has screen grabs of conversations with Dwight that are verified. Because they're on Instagram. Again, why? On Instagram, they say Dwight's name with a little verified sticker next to it and, and a logo. And then he has, so he has screen grabs. He has recorded conversations. But these conversations are so theatrical. It says, Dwight, we were talking, Dwight. You sent me nudes, Dwight. You know what we had, Dwight. And you're going to sex parties? You're going to sex parties? And then Dwight's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, man. So he really doesn't corroborate anything, even though it very much sounds like stage, like, like when you're wearing a wire and you're like, so tell me again the plan to rob the bank. That was your idea. So you said that, you know, on the 21st, you called me and told me that it would be a great idea if we should do this. And I just want you to know that you remember you told me that you're you're the main culprit and you're not the co-conspirator. Like, whatever. It just sounded so so staged. And so I... I don't really know what to believe. I mean, I think it's really really gross for Mason who he is a his gender expression is that he like wears makeup and and has long hair and stuff, but he he wanted the internet to know and he made videos about this. I'm a man just so everyone knows I'm a man. So he is kind of pitting himself, he's using trans people, which is such a it's a, such a volatile thing to do because so many trans women are getting murdered. It's an absolute horrifying epidemic of people having relationships with trans women and killing them and and seeking them out and targeting them. And so he's using this, um, a, a maligned group that he's obviously very aware of, especially if he is sometimes mixed up, you know, as to be a part of that group. And he's kind of using that hot button to... Is he using it to make threats against Dwight? I'm not sure. I feel like it's... <laughs> It seems like to me he made up something really messy or even maybe if it is true he planned on exposing Dwight with something that he felt like would be something that someone would want to keep private that you could extort money from them for because it doesn't make sense to me whenever they asked him to sign this NDA I don't understand why he already had this stuff recorded and even on his Facebook live video he says it doesn't matter why I recorded it I felt like I should record it so I recorded it so you know, part of me wants to say, hey, he knows that he's, he says that he's dealt with a lot of celebrities before. So if he knows that there's a lot of people that are secretive about their dealings, that something's gonna blow up in his face, maybe he is recording stuff for his safety if I'm gonna give a huge benefit of the doubt. And so maybe it's just something you're doing to protect yourself. Maybe I'm gonna record you but you're gonna make me sign an NDA? Maybe it's like the legalese method of, of watching her back and the hood method of watching her back, I don't know. But all of the benefit of the doubt goes out the window when I find out from first-person sources, I'm reading these you know, Twitter conversations between Mason and someone else, that this guy scams people on the internet. He has these women trying to buy cameras from him And he had them send the money through Western Union, and then he went and got the money and said that he never got it. Now, if you don't know, Western Union says on the website not to do that. Do not send money through Western Union for online purchases. And Mason says in this conversation, like, there's a screen grab, and it's like, no, my PayPal's not working, something, yada, 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 something like that. And then the girl starts telling him, like, look, you need to give me my money, you need to give me my money. Other friends start contacting him too, and he's like, don't mess with the king. You mess with the wrong one. Give me your address. I never got your address so I could send the camera, which is like, what? Okay. So he sent good sis a box of rocks. He sent her a box of actual rocks from the ground. So once I find out that you're a scammer, I, how can I not read the other things that light? You're not being a good character witness for yourself. So... I have a confession. I was scammed on the internet, too. I was finessed. It was, it was 2016. And these fun, candy-coated hair colors were taking over the internet, taking over the world. I wanted a blue wig. I wanted a blue wig. I was traveling. I was part of a, a show, uh, a Broadway show called Book of Mormon. And I, you have to braid up your hair Basically, you know, you have eight shows a week where you have to keep your hair braided under a wig. So when you leave, you don't really take your hair out every time. You, I ended up wearing a lot of wigs, uh, which ended up being awesome because you can change your look every day. And then my hair grow, grew like a weed because I left it alone. So I met this girl out in San Francisco. She had this amazing, amazing dye job. And I was like, who did your colors? This is beautiful. And she said that her cousin did it. He's a very well-known, well-respected colorist. He makes wigs. He does this. He does that. I was like, oh, my gosh. Maybe I will maybe I will have a wig made. So I talked to him. He seemed wonderful, professional. He told me where to buy the hair um, from Maven. If you guys have heard of Maven, it's like it is, you know, sometimes stylists will have a kind of like they get a kickback for sending their clients to buy the hair from there. So I bought the hair, sent it to him. I was gonna get two wigs, one was this lovely shade of blue and another wig was this kind of like ombre blonde that Sierra had kind of a messy bob like that at the time and I and I wanted it, I love a bob. And he took my money for both wigs and only sent me one wig. He kept $300 of my bundles, he just kept them. It's infuriating. The violation that I felt, I did what I was supposed to do, okay? It wasn't that sketchy. It was kind of a a very, like, regular channel to send things. It wasn't Western Union, and this man just took my stuff. So he's essentially just robbed me of $300. And I confronted him. I asked for it. I just, I pleaded. I implored, like, hey, I gave you this. Why would you just not do it? And I could have taken him to small claims court because we have in writing our agreement, like, I'm sending you this so that you get this, but instead... I just let it go, sort of. I mean, I'm reliving it right now with you, so I obviously haven't let it go. But I, I would have had to fly back to California to sue someone. I don't live there. It was just, it didn't work out. But I, I can't really remember his name because I blocked it out. I black out when bad things happen to me. But I'm going to try to find it. Let me know if you think it's like Mr. Colorist something. Don't just look for any Mr. Colors, guys. Please, I, I will not be liable for that. But let me know in the when you email me at cakeandkombucha at gmail.com. Let me know if I should have my 15 minutes of fame on Judge Joe Brown and find this person and get it back. Judge Mathis, Judge Mathis, Judge Joe Brown is off the air. Not all middle aged black judges look alike. Okay, so the next story we're going to talk about Is something that is huge in the news right now And on social media Um, And this is the story of John Chow The self-proclaimed missionary Who went to North Sentinel Island Which is part of the Andaman and Nicobar Islands Off the coast of India A big clue that you probably should leave them alone Is that you know you ain't never heard of it before I, I didn't either um, he went there to try to spread the word of God. He's Christian. And this this island is off limits. The tribe that lives there, the Sentinelese, they are protected by the Aboriginal Act of 1956. No one is allowed to go there because they've been isolated for thousands of years, and the risk is huge that any contact with the outside world could completely wipe them out from diseases. They're also very hostile, and documented to be very hostile to to anyone trying to get there. So it's illegal to go, it's off limits for their protection, and they clearly don't want you there. And this is the agreement with the government of the Sentinelese Islands, which I I think is also protected by the Indian government. Um, It's just, that's the way it is. So this guy, he decides that he has to go there to spread the word of God. He tried twice, the first time he went with gifts of fish, I believe which I don't know why you would bring fish to people who mainly eat fish on an island surrounded by water. Um, And they shot arrows that went through his Bible. Now, some people would think this is a clue that this is dangerous. But instead, he thought, like, well, God protected me because he hit my Bible. So I need to go back. So he went back. And he was killed. They shot him with arrows, and he, he's killed. And now uh, evang- evangelical groups are trying to campaign to have his body found and picked up, whereas anthropologists and uh, government officials from over there are saying, like, we really should leave it alone because it's dangerous to send someone else. Because, again, all of the people on the island could die, or they could be, the person you send could be killed. So, Boom. Now, on social media, it was ruthless. People were like, ha-ha, that's what you get. Follow directions, blah, blah, blah. It was a, it was a schadenfreude party. Schadenfreude is, is one of my favorite words. Um, basically means just like taking pleasure in someone, you know, watching something bad happen to someone else. <sighs> so I understand a lot of the sentiment because as a black person, as an African, I mean, I feel it too, it's cathartic to see a colonizer be shut down. You know, the idea that people have been untouched by modernity, Western culture, they get to stay and live how they want to be left alone. It's rare. It's not what happened. It's not what happened in, in the societies that anyone listening to this podcast is living in. That's not how things went down. You know, if, if we had a colonialism do-over, This is how it should go Stop bothering people Don't take people's stuff Don't infect them You're not discovering anything People who are already there No one needs you to share your new way of living Like leave people alone It's also just kind of adventure broy, like an like an episode of jackass like how in all the colonial or the missionary missions rather in the world is how did you even end up here it's it's almost arrogant like you you decided to find this really remote place you set the bar of challenge really high for yourself and decided that i'm going to be the one to do this because he has pictures like traveling all over the world and doing other adventures type stuff too so it's kind of just like it's that thing of like you someone does something stupid and then something stupid happens and it's like you want to say, Okay, well you learn today, except there's no other today because he died. And and that to me is sad and I'll get to that in a moment. It's awkward to kind of explain why it's sad that someone died, but from some of the stuff I was reading, I felt like it needed to be said. He has a diary and, and some of the stuff in his diary is also ridiculous. He wrote about about encountering them. So I got a little closer and and about six feet from what I could see, and they yelled at me. As they yelled at me, I tried to parrot their words back to them. They burst out laughing, so they were probably telling curse words or making fun of me. Ugh! It's so cringeworthy, right? The how myopic to... You think that they're making fun of you and laughing? at I mean, or they just... Repeating something someone said back to the you back to them, and when you can't even speak the language is not communication. I mean the whole thing is so icky, it's so like condescending and treating them like they're savages, like you don't know what kind of complex, beautiful language that they have it's they're not animals to train like it's enraging it's enraging, and I get it because I feel it too, but I also have this alternative perspective, which is that i used to date someone who came from a very oppressive religious background, who was, I would say, a religious fanatic and pretty obsessed. And I think that there's such a thin line between being a religious follower and a religious fanatic. Chow's diary says the following, You guys might think I'm crazy in all this, but I think it's worth it to declare Jesus to these people. Please do not be angry at them or at God if I get killed. Rather, please live your lives in obedience to whatever he has called you to, and I'll see you again when you pass through the veil. This is not a pointless thing. The eternal lives of this tribe is at hand, and I can't wait to see them around the throne of God worshiping in their own language as Revelations chapter 7, verses 9 through 10 states. So that is so deep to me. As I've said, like, I have seen someone try to leave uh, an oppressive religion and it's like being imprisoned. It's If you are a logical person, if you like things to be orderly, if you like to follow rules the way that they are presented to you, if that is something that helps you organize your life and you're very regimented, if you are placed in that type of structure and you follow things out to the foregone conclusion, then he actually did what he had to do. If you're perfectionist, if you're exacting, you, you don't pick and choose. Sorry, I just flung my earring out of my ear, gesticulating. If you're, you don't pick and choose which parts you want to follow. And if we're honest, or we follow Christianity out to his foregone conclusions, it is your duty to spread the word of Christ. That That is in the Bible. And you also believe that people who haven't heard the word, are are going to be suffering eternal damnation. If you believe that people are going to be suffering eternal damnation, then I mean that's that's huge, right? That's a, that's the biggest thing that could happen. Like what a what a fight that you have set up for yourself for your whole life. What what a purpose that you've you've set up for yourself. You've set up this purpose that is so much nobler and more you know, the stakes are higher for you. So everyone else is going around trying to figure out what to do with their life and why to get up in the morning and whether they should go to spin class. And you have a mission, right? You have been endowed with this mission. I mean, just think about that. Try to imagine. I Part of me feel sorry for him as I feel sorry for my ex because if you are imprisoned by something like that, I don't think some people can let it go. They don't have something in their brain is not set up to allow them to, to pick and choose. They can't live their life with that type of inconsistency. The rest of us pick and choose, right? And I don't consider myself to be a religious person, but I have, you know, friends that are and family that are. But think about it. I mean, so for me, when I was a little girl, I mean, I started to freak out watching Jesus Christ Superstar. Like, it was on on a Sunday before church, and I just remember being like, but wait. But Judas is sad. Wait, he sang that song. Wait, but he went and hung himself. So he's, he's damned now eternally because I was raised Catholic. It's a mortal sin. Suicide is a mortal sin. But Jesus knew that he was going to be betrayed. So how could that happen? Mental destruction for me. I was, I was, I was crying. I was crying. I was upset. Later, as I got a little older, I, I just remember thinking, you know, some, your parents pack you in the car, they take you to church, whether you feel like going, church got a lot more interesting for me once I joined the choir. Um, and so I was like, wait a minute, you know, once I started learning about other world religions in school and stuff or social studies, like, so other little girls around the world you know, their parents put them in the car and take them to temple and things like that. So they are also just taught this thing from their parents and that's their exposure. That's what they have. Just the same way I was taught to be Catholic, they were taught to be something else, but they're going to go to hell because they happen to be born wherever on a sentinel island where Christianity wasn't what was brought to them and did the ancient Egyptians go to hell and did did things that happened before Christianity did they all go to hell too and so once I had that main you know glitch in the mainframe it kind of opened my eyes to being like well I don't know if this part I don't know if I really believe that part and even if you do somehow get through life maintaining your religious superiority to other people there you very few people follow all the parts of christianity like how many people do you know that waited till they were married to have sex i mean i'm from the north maybe the number is higher in the south but how many people do you know that don't wear gold jewelry and adorn themselves with things because uh that's what isaiah said and the in the book of isaiah and you know don't braid their hair or don't eat shellfish. I don't like things with an ex I'm terrified. I used to run past the, the lobster tank at Red Lobster. That's just me, but that's not for um, religious reasons. So, I mean, that's basically it. I feel like some of us have the mental fortitude to integrate this into our lives in a way that it, we pick and choose things. We have self-preservation. And John Chow didn't. So the story is just both ridiculous and sad. It's it's a waste of life. And we don't even know the outcome of the islanders and whatever, you know, store bought tilapia he bought them as a gift. So if they all die, everyone could die. For what? And that is the spin that I wanted to put on that. It's a little bit more serious than you might have heard me get so far in the th- long three weeks that we've been together. But yeah, it's just something that was sitting with me that I wanted to share, a different take on that story. La, 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 don't say good night. It's a Ronald Isley transition to the next section, y'all. So what is that story? What do they say? A demented clock strikes right every other week. A Dementor will suck your soul, but then the third time they'll leave you alone. This is pretty accurate when you think about Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks, she makes good music and it's so annoying that she's such a wildly inappropriate human being. I mean, coming after 15-year-old Disney stars, You know, she called um, Zayn Malik a a sand camel jockey or something like that. Like, girl, what is you doing right now? Her latest business venture is a, is an, I don't want to say butthole because I feel like that's middle school lingo. But anus lightening also sounds crazy. But that's what she's making. She's making soap right now to bleach, tighten and lighten your anus. She also uh, was a proponent of bleaching cream. She could have been on the segment last week where we talked about uh, uh, what's her name? No, really, what is her name? Ooh, she must have done something wrong to me too because I blacked it out. Black China, Black China, Black China. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's very strange. It's very strange. However, she had an internet clapback that was so, so specific that I felt like my eyebrows were singed off. And I spent a lot of time trying to grow them back just so the eyebrow ladies can tell me that there's holes in them and they're sparse. I don't, they just grow that way. Leave me alone. That's why I'm here. I'm trying to get it in a nice shape so that I can fill it in like I need to. Anyway, I felt like I had no eyebrows. It was so exacting and yikes. Okay, I'm going to read it to you. So someone wrote to her, Christ, you're unattractive. Sick bolt on though Good call with those I don't know what that means But he told her she she was ugly And she's not an ugly girl No one can say that And this is what she said to him You know There are two types of American white men The fat, inflamed, blistering, red pork juice Dripping kind of white men Who think they're as charismatic As their more attractive counterparts Yet always smell like axe and garlic Have gout frequent their local 7-Eleven. Then there are the unassumingly charming white men with human color skin, visible necks, healthy cholesterol levels, and full heads of hair. When I close my eyes and kiss them, they smell like sugar cookies and their lips taste like marshmallows. You look like your lips taste like envelope adhesive and bacon bits. You would probably burp Slim Jim and oppression into my mouth. Rest assured that you never have to worry about an unattractive me hassling you for any FaceTime. Be gone, Elmer Fudd. Wowzers, wowzers, wowzers! You look like your lips taste like envelope adhesive and bacon bits, bacon bits. <laughs> you would probably burp Slim Jim and oppression into my mouth. Who thinks? Who? Oh, the juxtaposition of of envelope glue and then processed meats and oppression. Oh goodness, girl. You are such a good writer. Why do you spend so much time getting spit on by Russell Crowe and starting fights? Oh, anyway, I don't really have anything else to say about that except it was funny. Um, I just don't understand why he started it. That is that was my main takeaway. Why is it? I rarely, rarely do I see conventionally attractive um looking men telling women they're ugly on the internet it's it's almost always people that do look like elmer fudd like this dude what gives you the right am i really supposed to believe if azalea banks wanted to go out with you that you wouldn't jump on that opportunity she's beautiful if you didn't know anything about her antics and even if you did because you look like elmer fudd i don't get it it's such a common common thing and it's so weird I also just don't get the trend of telling celebrities that they're ugly. Why is the internet like this? Why, when you have direct access to someone, do you just
1: tell them that they're ugly? I do pretty right. I do is right. That. That's me.
0: it wasn't working But anyway I have papers and notes That I'm like flipping this time So it makes me feel official So that leads into our our social media take this week Of hypothetical Facebook trash I'm just going to read you this story And we're going to dive in This is a story that someone shared In one of the uh, old people Facebook groups that I'm in Hey queens So check this out I met a woman last week at my part time job And I invited her out My finances changed between then and now. So yesterday, I invited her to a place that serves a community meal every day. I eat there about five times a week, and sometimes I volunteer there too, giving back to my community. Anyway, when she arrived, she was acting very bougie and like she was too good to be there. Maybe you can imagine what kind of people use the community meal services. On the other hand, the way I looked at it, Neither of us were spending any money and it was an opportunity for us to get to really know each other. This is the reason why so many of you are single. Your standards are too high and too unrealistic. Humble yourselves or you just might miss out on the chance with a good brother. Let's let that sink in a little bit. Let's just let it simmer. There are so many things wrong with this. But let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Okay. First of all, it's not real. The timeline doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You met a woman last week at your part-time job. But your finances changed between last week and now, which was this week. Your finances changed between last week and this week. So yesterday, you took her to a soup kitchen where you now eat about five times a week since last week. You can't say that you do something five times a week if only one week has, has passed. This is made up. It doesn't make any sense at all. So right off the bat, you, you ask yourself, what kind of horrible dungeon troll sits in, in their little cave next to their laptop that's made out of like craggy rocks and writes... Hypotheticals that are for the purpose Of just keeping black Women really Really in a realm of Having low to no expectations Of anyone like this is Propaganda and you Should be arrested A number one that's number one But B It's just comical because doesn't it seem like It's going to be a conversation and a question Anyway when she arrived She was she was acting very bougie I would just think that there's a lot of interesting things you could say about, is it weird to ask someone to a soup kitchen on your first date? You know, what do you think about that? What are, what are the, what's the etiquette behind going to a homeless shelter for a first date? But no, he doesn't want any outward opinions. He presented this really abnormal thing as if it was completely, completely normal. And then just says, this is the reason why you are single. Your standards are too high. Okay. Um, we, it, it kind of just, that part just kind of, kind of hurt. It kind of jumped out at me. I, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I wasn't expecting that. I thought we were going to have a dialogue first. So let's, let's, let's have the dialogue. Um, no, none of that is normal. It's not anything that anyone would expect. Next. No, but seriously, are you supposed to take someone who, Who is not in need to a soup kitchen To eat food that should be for the people Who actually need it I don't I didn't think that that was the type of I mm, No I don't I don't think that's I don't think that I'm going to venture out on a huge limb And say that it's Your standards are not too high If you don't expect to go to a homeless shelter For your first date and I say that as someone who like likes to volunteer at homeless shelters, do initiatives with homeless people. Homelessness is a huge, rampant, horrible problem in the United States that doesn't need to ha- like. We have enough resources for everybody, so don't get me on my Andrew Yang for twenty twenty universal income tangent. I just think that this is such nonsense, though. It's not real. So you made it up to serve a purpose, like some man. Wants to tell the next woman that expects anything beyond a homeless shelter for a date that she's bougie She is you know What what do we do to you? What do we do to you? This is why you're single that that's all the time I mean you could be walking on the street and have someone tell you this is why you're single my favorite is when You're online Talking to someone else like dating online dating. They say something off for you. are just like no, thanks I think i'll pass and then they tell you this is why you're single. Why are you single? I refuse to live in a world where it's a bad thing for me to be single and it's a fine thing for you to be single. I don't even like when guys are like, what's a pretty girl like you doing on the internet? <laughs> like, this isn't like, This isn't like a sex trafficking. Like, This is a perfectly fine thing to do. Stop acting like you expect to only meet weirdos here. That makes me think that you in your real life only deal with weirdos. But, yeah, I mean, I just, you can be walking by your own business and people will tell you, this is why you don't have things. I was in Herald Square and um, the Herald Square subway stop. You know where the D train, for those of us from New York, you get the D, it's that really long escalator and there are always bands in front. So I feel like this was the the equivalent of the, like, no no music, like teenagers in front of where the bands usually play. Some people break dancing or something and someone was like, hey, gorgeous, da, da, da. And I, I said, Hello. I, 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 had to, I say hi in a way that's like, I'm acknowledging you, but I'm not stopping what I'm doing. I'm just saying hi. Bitch, you not perfect. Th- that's what I got. Bitch, you not perfect. I was like, well, I if perfection is the pedestal that I just fell from, I don't even know if I'm offended. I didn't even know that perfection was on the table. So thank you. No, but in all seriousness, I mean, you get this kind of thing all the time. So... I mean, none of this happened. She wasn't acting bougie because she got to the homeless shelter. She just, she never went. And if you are going to do that, then it would have to be some, it would be some, like, millionaire matchmaker, like, first we're going to go volunteer, and then my helicopter's going to pick you up and take us to Antigua so we can, you know, like... You still have to tell somebody, wear this, wear that. This is what we're doing. It's an activity. And I still think it's a weird virtue signaling kind of activity to do. I mean, there's a way to find out if someone has the same values that you have without, like, throwing them into something that unconventional. But, hey, I'm going to assume that he's fine with being single because what I got from that is that he's single, too. So they're all single. to toe. so hold on to me baby here we go and i'll be saying boom baby boom baby boom and you'll be saying oh baby ooh baby what's happening in that song is she dropping drones what does ada and does eight rhyme with eight does boom like an eight away making circles like a figure i'm not i whatever that was, um, you guys remember the song 808 by Black, who's a group I really used to like, and I just love the reality TV brings everything full circle again. I had not thought about them in a long time, but now Shamari DeVoe, who was the lead singer in Black, is she, was she the lead singer or is she just the lead on that song? I'm not sure. She is... She has a peach now, guys. She's on The Real Housewives of Atlanta. So she started with a splash, telling everybody she was married to the legend, Ronnie DeVoe. I want us to be careful about that liberal use of the term legend. I would not... Ronnie DeVoe of Belle Biv DeVoe, I would not recognize him if I saw him walking down the street. I'm just not sure that... I don't... I don't know. He, it's not exactly like Diana Ross in the Supremes. I want us to be a little more judicious about the use of the word legend. But anyway, she's married to Ronnie DeVoe. They're another showbiz on the couple, showbiz couple on the show, which is interesting like with they've already started some mess with Candy trying to he was trying to give her directions about You know, how her show should be ordered. And it was like, wow, Candy takes a lot of things with grace until she starts rage crying at you. So just watch out. But anyway, (laughs) the thing that was really funny to me is that a conversation was sparked about open relationships because Shamari was really excited to tell us all that she was in an open relationship with her husband for like one year out of like the 13 years they were together. If you can hear that I just sound like unimpressed is because I just I get itchy when people try to be like faux edgy I just I didn't think it was She just really really wanted to talk about it So they had this party One of the parties that they always have On those on um, these franchises No mostly Atlanta and Married with Medicine Where they ask messy questions Try to see What kind of fights and, and nonsense can arise So one of the questions was has anyone been in an open relationship She said me And And she, excuse me. And so the details of that open relationship or the structure was that we could do, can you do whatever we wanted? We could do whatever we wanted, but I couldn't sleep with any men. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So uh, apparently she is bisexual, and so she wanted to explore with women, and so for that year, they could hook up with whoever they wanted outside the relationship. It was her idea, and then it was her idea to close the relationship off. I don't really care, like, Whatever. I think more, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. I think people have had different kinds of marital arrangements for centuries, and it's just sometimes you hear about it, sometimes you don't. It was kind of funny because I was watching the show with my mom, and she was like, "But well, they don't have an open relationship. They don't have one if he can only, if she can't, you know, do what she wants and blah, blah, blah. And I actually, it's so funny because I totally get where she's coming from with the, like, control aspect or is that is it but it, I mean when you're in a relationship I mean two people have to agree on something or they can't do it so he I, I just I kind of think it is what it is it's it's open for your purposes you structure that openness the way you want I'd be interested if if I if other people how people lean like if there's a bigger definition of openness but like a, a, a standing definition of openness but the thing that I this room made me think about was just The weird sexual politics of the Real Housewives franchise, I want to do a PhD dissertation about this like I could. There's something so interesting about the way these women act so prudish or shocked by sexuality, and they're like in their late 40s and 50s, most of them. It's it's a thread throughout the whole show. The worst thing that you could say to someone is that they slept with someone. You are a whole 55 years old. And the worst thing that someone can say to you is usually, you know, we have Cynthia on the reunion specials, you know, trying to be mysterious about whether she had sex with your boyfriend. I hope you had sex with your boyfriend, you weirdo. Like, it's just odd. It's And so you know, watching Shamari try to be like faux titillating, watching people be titillated. Nene used to be a stripper. She's had said all these kind of judgmental things about people before and like, who's freaky, who's not freaky. It's, it's really weird. Stop acting like this is not, you know, the glass menagerie. You're not, you know, some Southern belle, like just come to 2018 and be real. Y'all are grown women and it's weird. That, that and doing drugs, like the worst thing that you could say to anyone ever is that I mean people were freaking out about like smoking weed. I think on Beverly Hills, they went to Amsterdam and were like, oh, I don't I don't know what this is, like holding like a holding like a joint upside down at a marijuana cafe. I was like, you guys, you grew up in the sixties and seventies, just give me a break. But this week also, the first episode of the Orange County reunion. You also saw that the faux outrage, or the real outrage, but just like outsized about the uh randomly Vicky Gunwilson, the meanest one of the meanest people I've ever seen on reality TV, who had the nerve to tell other to tell Gina Gina from Long Island, you don't have a moral compass? When Gina said, oh, I don't believe in God, she said, where's your moral compass? I'm like, girl, Vicky, you believe in, like, Hammurabi's code. It's an eye for an eye with you always. If anyone says anything to them, she starts throwing out everything. You don't even ever see your children. Like, they told me they don't know who you are. Your husband told me that, that being with you was, like, 14 years of hell. When she came for me, I'm going to come right back for her. Like, what?! Slow, you cool your jets, lady but anyway she randomly told Kelly this is OC now we're talking about OC we have completely migrated across the different franchises or not franchises but a series so she told Kelly that Kelly did coke and Kelly starts crying and saying oh, she's doing coke I don't do coke I'm a mom I'm a mom like how could you say that about someone It's like illegal I'm a mom so, basically, I just, I can't wait to be a mom so that whatever anyone accuses me of, I can be like, as a mother, <laughs> how could you say that I ran that red light? <laughs> I have to be a good example to my daughter. <laughs> like, it's wild as a mom. Anyway, we've drifted off, but Shamari is apparently going to be, like, the edgy person this season. I don't know what that means for the season because I wasn't really... I wasn't impressed. Uh, 90 Day Fiance, I watched it. It hasn't moved forward that much to me in the narrative, except things are getting really bad with um, the Jamaican bro and his fiance. It's mess. Things are messy. That was sad. Just watching someone say... (laughs) She told him you shouldn't be texting anyone that's not your family if you're engaged. So I just... (sighs) To just be so scared of cheating that you want to sit and be miserable like you can't keep someone from cheating on you by watching them all day who wants to live like that and it's so it's it's so creepy it's so creepy it's like she's babysitting and she is because he's 20 years old all right that's it for another episode of cake and kombucha thank you so much for listening please email your questions thoughts comments to cake and kombucha at gmail.com and we will get back to you We would love to hear what you want to hear We being me and prime producer Not a ghost twin It's a collective we um, So that's it Ta-ta for now, see you in seven days Cake and Kombucha is normally recorded In my loud New York City apartment This week I'm coming to you From the dulcet forest tones of North Carolina Cake and Kombucha Is produced by Jason Torres And features music by Melanie Charles If you want to see the talented Melanie Charles in concert, check out her schedule on MelanieJBCharles.com and hit up Spotify for more of her music.